I just want to say hello to all of our new lifers that are joining with us online today. Thank you guys so much for, uh, you know, taking some time, get some coffee, put your slippers on, sit down, you know, in your nice comfy chair and join us with your laptop, iPad, or iPhone. And, and there, I guess there are other phones than that, but I won't mention them. Um, and so, uh, anyways, I'm just glad to have you guys with us and, and all of our campuses today. Uh, guys, we are getting ready to start a brand new teaching series. Uh, now, we have entitled it Metamorphosis, all right? Now, I think everybody understands, you know, that whole concept. I think, you know, when you were a kid, you were probably intrigued with the metamorphic process of a caterpillar that metamorphically changes into a beautiful butterfly. And if you're like me, you've been intrigued with that ever since then, right? Well, look, here's the good news. God's got a metamorphic process in his heart for you. That's right. The way you are right now, I just want you to think about it. Think with me who you used to be versus who you are now. And tell me that's not a metamorphic process where God's transforming you into who he wants you to be. Now, here's the thing that's maybe more difficult for you to even think about, and that's this. What's, what does God have next for you? What's next? If God brought you to where you are now, what does God have for you next? Can I just say this to you? That God's got a transformative mindset for your life. That means he sees the very best in you. He sees something that you can't even see in yourself, and he's going to help you get there. I don't know about you, but that's good news. That's good news that God didn't give up on us, right? I mean, come on. He didn't give up on us. And how many guys would have to raise your hand? Don't do it, but how many guys would have to raise your hand and say, he had every reason to give up on me? Because I know this, God had every reason to give up on Jeff Baker, right? Because I know my life and I know how I lived. But I know this, that God, in his, he's got a plan, and God has in his heart to bring transformation to your life. I want you to think of it this way. Transformation in God's heart, okay, in God's heart. Transformation is the process of changing you from your old self to look more and more like Jesus. That's the transformative, metamorphic process that God has in his heart. Now, I know for some of you, you're thinking right now, that is ludicrous, that's crazy. How can my life look anything like Jesus? I mean, Jeff, you don't know me. If you could only see the thoughts that race through my mind, you would say very quickly, yep, you're an exception. There's no way you're ever going to look like Jesus. I mean, we, we, we fail. We fall short. And we see, we see the, the areas of our lives where, you know, we're not living like Christ. We're, we're not acting like Christ. We're not behaving like Christ. And then God says, I have a metamorphic process for your life where I'm going to help you as you live your life here and you keep following me, I'm going to help you keep looking more and more and more and more like Jesus. Now, that might seem daunting, but I, I'm telling you right now, that's good news. Here's the good news of it. The more and more you look like Jesus, the more you bring glory to God. The more that you respond to situations like Jesus responds to them, the, the more you honor God. And the more you respond to situations like Jesus does, the more, the more joy you have, the more health that you have in relationships. The more you respond like Jesus, the more there's love around you, there's gentleness around you, there's comfort around you, the more you bring good news to other people. 
Guys, I'm telling you right now, the aspiration of a person who calls themselves a Christian is to be like Christ. Are you with me so far? But here's the thing. We can't do it on our own. You'll never get there on your own. And that's why it's God's purpose and it's God's plan. I want you to hear that as we get started in this series in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Please read it along with me to yourself because I really want to make sure that you grab this passage of Scripture. And it says this, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, watch this, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I first want to start at the very end. That this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. What is it that comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit? The transformative process. See, here's the, here's the good news. And to, for some of you, it might be bad news. But the good news is this. You can't transform yourself. I know you like to. I know you would like to be the one that when it's all said and done, you said, this is what I did. But in, when it's all said and done, and as you are becoming more and more like Jesus, there's only one place you can point, and that's to God, because it's only through God and through his spirit that any transformation takes place in our lives. But when, when does God's perfect transformative work start in the life of a person? That scripture told us. It says this. Look, look at it again. And we all with what? With what faces? unveiled faces. It sounds a bit cryptic, doesn't it? What does this mean, unveiled faces? I want you to think of it this way, that when the veil of sin is removed off of our face, now salvation comes to our life. We are now walking in the presence of the Lord, right, and beholding the glory of the Lord. There is something about us coming to Jesus and going, I'm surrendering my life. Lord, forgive me of my sins. That a veil gets ripped off of our face, off of our eyes. We saw the world and we saw our life through the lens of sin. And now we see ourselves and we start to see the world through the lens of Christ. And church, listen to me. When that process starts to happen, then the transformation can begin. But look at this. This blows my mind away. All right, other than the fact that transformation happens through Christ and Christ alone, the second most important scripture in the entire Bible, the second most, most important one, is the one you're looking at right now. Because this scripture tells you something about God's heart that maybe you've never thought of before. When we think about transforming, we think about the transformation process like I got to go from here all the way to there. And to go from here to there, uh, 10 different things have to change. When God looks at transformation in your life, how is he looking at it? Take a look at the scripture again. How, how is he looking at it? He's going, look, I'm going to transform you into the image of Christ, into the image of Christ. How? One degree. Guys, that should put a smile on your face. One degree. What does that tell you about God's heart? That in the transformative process, God is methodical. He'll move you one degree at a time. Methodical. God's got a plan. That also means this. God's okay with your junk in your life. Did you hear me say that? That look, here's the deal. God's okay with the junk in your life right now. Why? This is the junk of your life 
God's focused on this one degree transformation that's happening over here right now. He'll get there eventually. Let me tell you the, let me tell you the difference between relationship with God and religion. Religion is this. I see all of your junk and I see all of this junk and it better all change right now. That's religion. Relationship with God is this. God sees all of my junk and God's working on this one degree of transformation in me. Did you guys realize that all God wants to do today in your life is just move the needle one degree? How cool is this? This is good. This should lift the weight off your shoulders. This should kind of re recalibrate your expectation of who God is and what God's doing. So God's more interested, guys. He's more interested in the one thing that moves slightly that sticks than something that moves fast but doesn't last. We like things that move fast, and we think they'll last, and normally we can't sustain it. So God's more interested in the slight change today that's going to happen in your life and through this series one degree at a time, and that it would stick. So where does um, spiritual transformation start? It all starts with surrender. Can you just say surrender? Here's the deal with surrender, though. Uh, we've got a lot of, of ideas about surrender that are wrong. And I want to I debunk a couple of those. The first one is this, that surrender is weakness. Surrender is weakness. Now, we get this because when you look at life and you think about war, and one country goes to war with another country, okay, and this country wins, this country dominates these guys. Why? Because they have to surrender. So they have to hold up their hands, lay down their weapons, and give up and let the new guys rule them. So we don't like that. We don't like that picture at all. So we've got the connotation that surrender means weakness. Here's another thing that we have. We, we look at this and we also think that surrender also, also makes you ask, what's wrong with that person? So not only is surrender weakness, but surrender has this association of there must be something wrong with you. Like think about it like a, a criminal. A criminal is surrendering to a police officer. Okay, right? What do they have to do? Hold up their hands, get, get handcuffed, go before the judge, right? Get all of their junk exposed, and then everybody's looking at them and going, that's embarrassing, you need help. So we don't like surrender. It's not in our human nature. We don't want to be a, associated with surrender or be a part of it because it, it, it has a connotation of there must be something wrong with you, and you must be incredibly weak. But what we have to do if we want to see spiritual transformation to happen in our lives is we have to change the definition of surrender. And I would encourage you to think with me about changing the definition of surrender. Surrender is not, is not stopping one thing. It's, it's opening up the opportunity to start something new. I think that's really important. That surrender isn't like, oh, I'm giving up this. No, surrender needs to be repurposed. Yes, you are giving up something, but the focus of surrender needs to be, what opportunities do I have in front of me now? So surrender isn't the end of something. Surrender now becomes the what? It becomes the beginning of something. This is the way God wants you to see your life with him. He wants you to see your life with him through the lens of it's not what you're giving up, it's what you're gaining. That when we ask Christ, 
to, to like forgive us of our sins and we surrender our life to him. It's not about the party scene that I give up. It's not about whatever it is that's controlling my life that I'm giving up. It's about what I'm gaining. I'm gaining Christ. I'm gaining eternity with Christ. If it's about the things that I don't want to have in my life anymore, then you're walking to Christ backwards like this. That's not going to last. What we have to do is turn our back completely on the past, look forward to what God has for us, and then embrace it and go, thank you, Jesus, for all that I'm going to gain in my life because I'm surrendering to you. All right? Are we good so far? All right. Come on. Is this warming up your emotions a little bit? Is this warming up your spiritual heart a little bit? I hope that it is. I hope that it's chiseling away at some misbelief right now and knocking some ice off of your heart right now so your heart can be where it wants to be. Uh, now, all of this, all of this is based in Scripture, obviously, or I wouldn't be telling you this. And I think that uh, one of the Scriptures that is one of my favorite Scriptures in all of the Bible, I think if you lean in on this one and you, you wrap your head and your heart around it, it's going to help you embrace this idea of transformation through surrender. It's Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Take a look at it with me. It says this, that my old self has been, what? Crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who gave, who loved me and gave himself for me. I've been crucified with Christ. Here's the thing. Like when we think of the crucifixion, we think of Jesus hanging on the cross, and we go, that means death, Jeff. Do you realize what that scripture says right there? My old self has been put to death, but not by itself. It's been put to death with Christ. See, what does it mean to be crucified with Christ? It means this, to surrender. That's what it means. It means to literally come to Jesus, hold your hands up, hold your hands up and surrender, and just go, I, I can't keep doing life like this anymore. Uh, I, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my leader. I want to follow you. It's, it's bringing this habit of your life that keeps controlling you, even though you are a follower of Jesus, and it's going, I, I, can't, I can't control this thing. Like, it's, in, it's your hands now. Like, you got to lead me. It's, it's this belief from the past. It's, it's this mindset. It's this attitude. It's all of these things we keep hanging on to. That, that keep leading us to death and decay, and we keep surrendering those to Jesus so that he can live in us. And so when we, when we say we're being crucified with Christ, here's what we're, here's what we're really saying. I'm going to become a new person. I get to begin something new. And that's the attitude of the whole thing. So, so what, what do we do here, right? Where does surrender start? Well, surrender starts when you start to renew your mind when you start to renew your mind, when you start to renew the way that you think. King Solomon said this, that your life is shaped by your thoughts. King Solomon is the wisest guy to ever live, and he said that your life is shaped by your thoughts. That means this, that you're never going to be anything greater than what you think about yourself. You're never going to be anything greater than the way that you see the world around you. Your thoughts are always going to be your greatest limiter. So let me give you an example. If you want to live an A-plus life, but you think like a C-average person, which one are you going to get? You're going to get the C-average life. 
So we got to surrender starts by renewing our mind because when we renew our mind, then the C average human Jeff Baker thoughts start to decay and the A plus God thoughts have a way to insert themselves into my life and I can start seeing myself through the lens of Christ. I can start seeing my circumstances through the lens of Christ and I start getting a different outcome. So spiritual transformation starts when I start to let God renew my mind. How does that happen? I'm gonna surrender my mind and surrender my thoughts to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Lord, I need you to take this area of my life and we're gonna talk about, the, about how you apply this to your life. But did you realize that the average human being has a lot of thoughts, by the way, every day. Um, and I don't, I don't know what it's like in your house, but I'll tell you this. Um, I think I've got a lot of thoughts, but spend one hour with my wife. She's got a lot of thoughts. You do, you do. And she's, she's got thoughts that I've never thought of before. We can be, we're watching a football game last night, and she's got thoughts about the football game that I don't even have about the football game, right? And I'm amazed by them. Like they're, they're, it's, and it's, it's constant. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I've got thoughts too. And in fact, studies have shown that the average human being has 1,500 thoughts every minute. Every minute. Just think about all the thoughts you've had since you've been in here right now. How long is he going to preach? Is he going to stay that loud? Is he going to get quieter? <laughs> is he going to tell that same joke again? Like, just think about all the thoughts you've had. Right? My coffee's almost done. Do I get up and go get more? Do I not? Do I lean over to my husband? Do I have him do it? Or what do I do? What are we going to eat for lunch today? Um, what's happening? Hey, did I turn off the coffee maker at home? Hey, what's going to... Like, just think of all of the 1,500 thoughts that are going through your mind all the time. Right? And let me tell you this. The things you think about the most are the things that win. And if you add up thoughts throughout the week... The things you think about most are the areas that are winning the most in your life. And this is what God wants to do about it in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says this. Paul says, hey, look, let God transform you into a new person by what? By changing the way you think. Let God do it, Paul says. Come on, let him do it. How do you do that? Surrender. These thoughts, God, are not leading me to life. In fact, every time I have these thoughts, I end up at the bar. Surrender them. Every time I have these thoughts, I end up at the porn, the porn you know, site. Every time I have these thoughts, I want to lash out on social media. Every time I have these thoughts, I get depressed. Like, you got to take those thoughts and lay them at the feet of Jesus. And some of you are going, I've done that before. I know. Here's the way the process works. That thought doesn't let go that easy. It's every time you have that thought, you got to keep bringing it back to Jesus until it no longer has the strength to be a thought. You've got, you've got to fight back against those thoughts. And when those negative things come and they try to attack your life, you got to go, every time that comes, I'm turning to Jesus. I'm going to tell you this right now. If Satan's using these kind of thoughts to control your life, and every time he puts that thought in front of you to try to trip you up, you keep letting that thought take you back to Jesus, Satan no longer is going to be using that thought in your life. He's going to find something else, but he's not going to use that anymore. So God's wanting to transform you by the way you think. Okay, so how do we actually pull this thing off? How do you pull it off? Well, let me give you a couple of thoughts on how you actually 
start to see your mind get renewed. Uh, the first thought is super deep and it's su- super theological, and that's this. You got to take the trash thoughts to Jesus. You let Jesus take out the trash. That's basically it. How many guys, who, who takes out the trash in the home? All right? Or is it both of you? Okay, good. <clears throat> I, it, it's okay if it's shared or it's one person, it's fine. It's no judgment, right? But look, have you ever left, left the trash out and then the dog came by and dug into the trash? It's almost like every dog, every dog has this wired into their genetics. Like, hmm, I smell that. I wonder what that is. That was last night's chicken. I'm going to finish it off for you. And then before you know it, all of that spread out through the, throughout the garage or it spread through the kitchen or it's someplace. Because dogs love to get into that. You know what we love to do as human beings? We love to keep digging up the trash thoughts. They comfort us. Satan loves them because they keep binding us. We got to take the trash thoughts to Jesus. And I talked about that a minute ago. As often as they come, you keep bringing them to him. Take them to Jesus, lay them at his feet. Let me give you another idea of how you renew your mind. You got to think about things that honor God. You, got, you realize that what you think about is a choice. You don't have to think about whatever it is you're thinking about right now. You can actually change what you're thinking about. You can do that right now. Like you, you'll be thinking about something that's inappropriate, something that's wrong, something that doesn't honor God. You can change that right now. Like God gave you the ability to do that. You can do it. You don't do it, but you can do it. And this is what God's word says about the way we should think. Again, Paul speaks to the, to the church of Philippi, and he says this in Philippians 4.8. He goes, and now, dear brothers and sisters, as if he's writing to you and me, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is what? Would you read the rest of it with me? Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Then he goes, look, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. It's a choice. And when you choose to think about things that are pure and righteous and honorable and things that give God praise, when you choose to do that, you are literally rewiring your mind and you're redirecting bad thoughts to become God thoughts. And it's a choice. And the only person that can choose that is you. No one else controls your thoughts. Only you control your thoughts. So are you going to take bad thoughts and let them become God thoughts? If you're going to do that, you're going to have to turn away from the things that are the bad thoughts. You're going to have to literally turn away. Turn away from that particular reading material. Turn away particular, maybe from those people. Turn away from that news station. Turn away from the bar. Turn away from the Netflix. I mean, whatever it is for you. I don't know what it is for you. Some of those things can be totally fine for other people, but it may not work for you. And if, it, if, it, if it's the bad thoughts, right, that are being generated in those spaces, turn away from them and just see what happens. There's shows Kim and I have watched that, man, I've heard so many of my friends that they just love those shows, and we get a couple of episodes in, and we just got to go, we can't watch that. Maybe it was okay, but it's not okay for me, right? And there was no judgment, no judgment towards those who watched it. It was just, it wasn't okay for me. And so I couldn't watch that show on Netflix. We just had to go, no, let's go, let's go find something different. 
And so, guys, I'm just saying to you, like, don't make, it, don't make it legalistic religion. Make it relationship. What's the one degree that God's working on your life? And let him work that one degree in you to its perfection. So surrender your thoughts to God, and you will renew your mind. Are we still good? Are we still friends so far? Okay, all right. At least we're friends, okay? It's too cold to not be friends. I might need somebody to snuggle up next to. All right, like, yeah, I'm getting cold. Help me out. Uh, all right, here, here, surrender also starts when you do one more thing, though. When you let go of control. Say let go of control. This we hate. We love to be in control. We don't like to be out of control. In fact, when we are, when we are out of control... We don't even like it. We want to be in control. And so we love control. And we like to say things like this. It's my life, right? I'll think what I want. I will be who I want to be, right? And I will do what I want to do. But surrender requires that we release control and we trust God to his perfect plan. This is what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says about it. Take a look at this. We're going to unpack this verse. It says this. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a what? A new person. That means this, that the old life is gone and the new life has begun. So, so watch this. When you surrender control to God, then you, can, then you can start belonging to him. As long as you're in control, you can't belong to him. You can't have it both ways. So we surrender control. Right? God, be my leader, be my Lord of my entire life, or be the leader and the Lord of this area of my life. Whatever it requires, whatever's going on. What's the one degree God's wanting to deal with in your life? And let him have complete control. So when you surrender control, then you can belong to Christ. When you surrender control, then look at the scripture. Look what comes next. Then you become a what? You become a what? A new person. Do you want to become a new person? Do you want to be transformed? Do you want to see God's metamorphic plan happen in your life? Do you want to see God's heart be fulfilled in you? Do you want to see God take you from where you are to where he has planned for you? We got to surrender control to him. God, change the way I think. Change the way I love. Change the way I live. Change my attitudes, God. I surrender them to you. I'm laying them at your feet today so that you can become a new person. Spiritual transformation happens when you surrender to God. That way, the old life is gone, and then the new life can begin. Okay, now, here's a thought about surrendering control to God. Do you remember what Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 said? It says this, so, so I've been crucified with Christ. Let's go back to that for a second. Remember that. I've been crucified with Christ. To be crucified with Christ means this, that I have become a sacrifice. Jesus was crucified for you and me, gave up his life on the cross. He became our perfect sacrifice so that my sins and your sins could be, could be wiped away. And praise God for that. Amen? Come on, that's good news. So when he says that you need to be crucified with Christ, here's what he's saying. You need to become a sacrifice. Let it die. Give up control. Just give up control. Let it die. Here's one of the things I've found in life. Things that are dead, they have a really hard time controlling you. Dead things don't tend to come back to life and control you. Once they're dead, they're dead. And so here's, what, here's the good news. The good news is this. 
The more you let your heart be surrendered to Christ, the more it is sacrificed to him. The more that the worldly side of your heart dies, the less it can control you. That's good news. So why should I be crucified with Christ? Because then the things that once controlled me die and dead things have a hard time controlling you. Here's, a, here's another aspect of surrendering control. So, some of you guys go, I don't really need to do that. Well, let me, let me address that for a second. Like, I want you to like, honestly give a review of your life and look at your self-leadership of your own life. Where have you led yourself? You know the day that I surrendered control of my life to Jesus Christ was because all of a sudden I, I gave an honest evaluation of where I had led myself. And I went, look where I have led myself. Look at the trouble I have caused myself. Look at the damage I have caused myself. Look at, look at the struggle that I continue to keep myself in. Look at the self-leadership of your life and look at it honestly and go, are you content with where you have led your life? Or are there things that you wish that could be gone? Because if you can be honest about your own self-leadership, then you can come to God and you can simply say to him, I have no one else to blame than me. I got myself here. Here's the good news. God knows how to lead you back out of that. You might be stuck, but you're not stuck so bad that God can't get you out. And you know, I mean, look, with all this snow and everything, somebody listening to me got stuck and you couldn't get out. And when that happened, it's embarrassing, right? Especially if you got a four-wheel drive vehicle and you got stuck. Because then everybody knows you were just playing around, right? But if you're in your front-wheel drive car and you try to drive through some snow and you hit that snow and it kind of high-centered your car and you were stuck, how many of you guys were thankful that someone helped you get out, right? And that happens in our life. We get stuck in our life and we can't get out. We got to give up control and we have to admit it and we have to say, God, I got myself here. Nobody else told me to drive down that road like that. I did it myself. But the good news is that God knows how to get you out. I don't know about you guys, but that is awesome. Here's what I've discovered about people, though, um, that you won't surrender control until the pain of here becomes greater than the desire for there. When the pain of here the pain you've caused, the pain of your self-leadership, when the pain of right now becomes greater than your desire to get there, you probably don't give up control. You give up control when the pain of here becomes greater than the desire for there. And so, are you tired and are you, are you wore out fighting this thing that's hidden that no one else knows about that you need to surrender to God and let him have control? Is it gotten to the point where you're just tired of being here? If that's where you are, then you're ready for God to take control. Because for too long, you've been dreaming a pipe dream about, if I can just get there, it will all be better. No, because when you get there, if you even can, it's still you that got there. That means all the junk that's in your life now is going to be with you when you get there. It's better to come to the realization that I don't like this. This has to change. This attitude's got to go. This belief's got to go. This idea's got to go. This lifestyle's got to go. Something here is causing too much pain in me. It may not even be felt by anybody else, but in me, and it's got to go. Like, now's the moment. That's when I find that people tend to surrender the most control to God. And then what happens is that they can start to embrace change. 
Because you do realize for transformation to happen means you're going to have to embrace change. People don't like the change. But you're going to have to change because for transformation to happen, you can't stay the same. That means there's certain habits in your life that you're going to have to walk away from. There's certain people in your life that you're probably going to have to distance yourself from. There's time spent right now doing things that are causing you more harm, and that time's going to have to get redirected. And I know that for some of you, you're going to hate this next statement, but for some of you, you're going to have to become a morning person. Some of you. I'm not saying that the solution happens in the morning. I'm just going like, if you really want transformation to happen, are you open to whatever change it is that God's asking for to make this one degree of change? Guys, one degree of change over the course of your life is going to cause you to end up in a whole different place than you would have if you didn't let God make that one degree of change. If you set sail from the eastern coast of the United States and you were headed towards Europe and you were one degree off, you might hit Morocco. That's on the African continent. You could be on a whole other continent because you were one degree off in your journey. For you today, here's the good news. What's the one thing that needs to change in your life? What is that one thing? What's that one degree that God's wanting to deal with? And would you bring it to God? And would you surrender it to him? Because when you surrender it to him today, transformation can start. My recommendation to you as your pastor and as your friend is that you wouldn't wait till tomorrow, but you would take that one thing that one degree that God's working on in your life, and you would bring it to him, and you would surrender it to his feet today, and you would say, God, renew my mind. I give you control. Renew my thoughts. I give you control. Take the pain of my past that's controlling me today. I give you control. Let change and let the metamorphic process start in your life today. Is that good news? Come on, won't you stand with me? Let's pray. Jesus, we love the fact that you've got a perfect plan in store for us right now. We love the fact that your motive towards us is pure. We love the fact that, Lord, you see something in us that we can't see in ourselves. And, Lord, we're just simply wanting to be men and women that go, have your way in me. Renew my mind. I give up control. I embrace the change you want to bring. Lord, that's who we want to be. Those three things— Renew the way I think about me. Renew the way I think about others. Renew the way I think about you. I give up control. I don't want to be in control. I want you to, I want you to lead and guide me. I want you, you to take me out of this pit I've dug for myself. I want you to relinquish me from this life of sin that no one else knows about that's controlling me. Like I want that. And I embrace whatever change it is. Lord, thank you that you are methodically working on our lives one degree at a time. And today, Lord, that's love. And so, Lord, whatever that one thing is, we're laying it at your feet. And we're saying, Jesus, have your way in me and through me today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said,